which veiled is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is up on their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. And now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. You may be seated. We're going to pray. Father, we thank you now for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love. Thank you for your kindness. And Lord, thank you for teaching us the new covenant. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you, Lord, for your victory at the cross, how you spoiled principalities and powers and made us sure of them openly and triumphant over them in it, and then gave us your victory. We love you. We appreciate you. Help us to walk in this victory. In the precious name and precious blood of our Lord Jesus, we pray. All the great that prayer said amen. amen. All right, now, this morning we talked about uh, Christ. We're going to continue that. Christ is the end of that which is abolished. Because last week we talked about uh, seeing. We used that 2 Corinthians 3, 13 and 14. Seeing. And that word, seeing the end of that which is abolished. Will you say that with me? Seeing the end of that which is abolished. But when you say you're going to see the end, see the end of that which is abolished, then you have to understand what was the end, what was abolished. And that's what we're talking about now. If you know that, then you're able to see the end of that which is abolished. Once you can see it, then you can walk in it. You can't walk in what you don't see. And that's why I continue to minister the word of God. At this church, there are some things that we used to do we don't do no more. And so we have to be able to explain to the people when they come here why we don't do that no more. You know, I know a lot of people don't ask, but my job is to let you know why we don't do that anymore. Because I don't want to tell you just, just like people would say, well, the pastor took it away. Well, why did I take it away? So we got to understand why, why did we do that? Why did we take that away? We took it away because we had to find out that it didn't supposed to be here in the first place. So we're we, we going by the word now. We're not going by what, what Tom, Dick, and Harry Church does. We're going by what the word does here. This ministry stands on the word of God. Amen. All right. Now, this morning I told you Christ is the end. We're going to talk, say that with me. Christ, Christ is the end of that. See, we have to tell you what that is, because Christ is the end of that. But that which is abolished. So I gave you about five things that I keep saying to you to write down. We went over one this morning. We didn't get any further than that. But today we're going to move on. We're not going to be able to give you everything. So we talked about the, this morning the law. See, if you put the word abolished, look on the screen, you'll tell you what the word abolished is, because that's what happened. The word abolished got eight words up there for the word abolished. When something has been abolished, it has, you put an end to that. That means you made it void. That means it's been destroyed. That means it's been fulfilled. That means complete. Means finished, done away, accomplished. And then there's another word that I'm going to show you why Paul says in Romans 8.1. Let's go first Romans 8.1, then we go to Romans 
So when you can understand there's some things that God has done away with. Now, that's why we're going to show you the word Romans 8 and 1. I'm going to show you the word condemn. So once God condemns something, it means it has been abandoned. It means it's not good to live there. It means it's worthless, it's useless, it's useless, it's void. Same word. So here, the Bible said, there is therefore now no condemnation. Now the word condemn, now let's take a house for an example. Take a house. If a house has been condemned, that means you don't supposed to be living. You listen to me now, I'm trying to help you. If a house has been condemned, they will put you in jail, they kept you living in it. Because it's been condemned. If the city come out and put a sign on your house, condemn, you can't live there no more. They cut the water off, they cut the gas off, it's unfit to live. It's been a condemned. So when people are not saved, you have to understand that God don't live there. That house been condemned. So you got to see what God is talking about. God wants to live in the house. So when, the, when, when, when God does not live in a person's house, they're not saved, that house has been condemned. Now, once God moves in the house, you got Romans 8 and 1. There, therefore, now, no condemnation. We do have on the other side, so we're not going to be no patient today now. No patient, because I told all my guys, we have youth nation, you got to take care of business. Because over here today, I have to be strict. Can't be no plan. Oh, that's, that's so cute. Don't be cute today. You get rebuked, so y'all need to do it. All right, no, no more of that stuff. Okay. All right, youth nation. Boom, they're all over there. All right, now, when a house has been condemned, that means it's not livable. So you got to understand, it's not livable. So your responsibility to understand, and that's why you sit in church, you need to understand, if you don't have the spirit in you, the house is condemned. Now, once Christ comes inside of the house, it's livable. Because he does everything in you to make sure that your house is not condemned. That's why Paul said, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation. Now, why did God say that? Condemn. Why is there no condemnation to them that are in Christ? So what happened to the person not in Christ? There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, right? All right, so if a person is not in Christ, the house condemned. That's what you got to see. If, not, if that person is not in Christ, if Christ is not in the house, the house is condemned. Once God moves in the house, he removed the condemnation sign. And there is now no condemnation. That's why you have to listen to what words are saying. So when I says that God, knowing the end, we talk about the day Christ is the end of that which is abolished. Well, if something has been abolished, it means it's been void. You can't use that no more. Now, why would we have a big communion table sitting up here and God not using that no more? Why would we have a pool that we run water in every week if God is not using it no more? See, otherwise, I, people don't believe the Bible. Now, that's all I can say because if I'm a pastor... Somewhere down the line, God got to show me that. If I'm in the Bible every day. Somewhere in the Bible, I got to be able to look up a word abolished. What does it mean abolished? 
I got to be able to see that. But once God shows it to you, you got to do something about it. Now, I want to I just put up some quick things. We're going to move quickly. Show you things that God has about it. I gave you Romans 10. Get this morning tape. I'm not going back there. Romans chapter 10, verse 4. It's told you Christ is the end of the law. Now, when Christ is the end of the law, we gave you this morning Psalm 19. I'm not going in that because under the law, you have a lot of different things. You have statues under the law. You have a whole lot of things, ordinances. All these things are under the law. All right, so all those things have been taken away. Those really, all of these things were natural. Christ is in the law for righteousness, everyone that believes it. Okay, and then I gave you Ephesians 2.15. We're going to do that quickly. Ephesians 2.15, then Colossians 2.14. We just headed to our message. You get this morning tape. You get a lot of more of that. But here in, in Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 14. Let me get my Bible. From the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, and verse number 15. Having abolished, told you what Christ did. Having abolished in his flesh, on the cross, that's his flesh. He abolished the law of commandments. He abolished in his flesh the enmity. He called the law of commandment enmity. He abolished in his flesh the enmity. Now, somebody need to find out for me what the word enmity, because why is God not doing that no more? The word enmity means hatred. He abolished in his flesh the enmity, and then he put a comma, then he called them the law of commandments. This is why people can't get along with other folk. They're under the law. Any people that's under the law are going to condemn you. And you know something, when a person comes here, get the word of God, knowing that pastor took away things, then they go ask another pastor under the law. I just want to know, is my pastor right? Yeah. <laughs> That's just like asking a person who can't swim, will I get drowned if I jump in that water? Christ is the end of that which is about us. Say it with me. Christ, Christ is the end of that which is about us. All right. Then we show you Christ is the end of the law. Now, in Romans 10, 4, Christ is the end of the law. Then what do that mean? When you hear that, what do that mean? The law has been abolished. See, if you have the spirit of Christ, you have to be able to at least know something without me telling you. My message is Christ is the end of that. Was the Bible? I'm showing you that. So here, Romans ten and four. Put on the screen again. Romans ten and four said Christ is the end of the law. The law there is that. Christ is the end of that, which is abolished. So we know the law is abolished. We said Ephesians chapter two verse fifteen. He called them the law, but he also called them the law of commandment. Ephesians 2.15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandment. Then he called them in the ordinances. Contained in the ordinances. Now, let's go to Colossians 2.14. See, what happens is, when people don't know the word, and you ask them what they think, they're going to tell you what they think. They're not going to show you the word. 
Anybody that told you something did not show you in the word. Because if he showed you in the word, he'll change it in his church. Waiting on Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. He counseled the unfavorable record of our debts. This is what Christ did. He counseled the unfavorable records, record of our debts with, with its binding rules. He did away with it completely by nailing it to the cross. He done away. You, you in the living Bible, back up the verse before that. Then we'll read verse 15. Okay, you, you're 15, you're okay. And, and, and verse 15 says, And on that cross, Christ freed himself from the powers, power of spiritual rulers, authority, and made a public spectacle of them by leading them as captives in his victory. See, he had a victory procession. He, he came here and he sparred principalities and power, made a show of them open, it triumphed over the enemy. Nail him to the cross. Verse 14 says he blotted out the charges proved against you. Blotted them out. The list of his commandments again. Which you have not obeyed. He took the, he took the list. Watch this. He took the list of sins and destroyed it by nailing it to his cross. Here you go. He takes the list of sin. Took all the sin and he destroyed it by nailing it to the cross. In this way, God took away Satan's power. Once again, what did he take away? Power. He took away Satan's power to accuse you of sin. So you got to understand something. The power, Satan's power is sin. So what God did, he took it away so he had nothing to accuse you of. And yet, and yet, but you know who do the accusing? Not the devil, church folk. Not this church now, not this church. Come on, put it, put it on the screen so I can see. In this way, God took away Satan's power to accuse you of sin, and God openly displayed the whole world Christ's triumph at the cross where your sins were all taken away. But you know what the problem is? We just don't believe he took it away. You know why? You don't know a verb from a noun. <laughs> See what, you know why? Because a verb is sin that people do in the flesh. Noun is what happened in your soul at the, at, at the cross where God took away. So he's not talking about the little stuff you're doing. He's talking about the stuff that was in you through Adam. The nature, the sin nature. So you have to understand something. The only difference between me and an unbeliever, he has a sin nature and I have a Christ nature. Amen. I have a God nature. I got eternal life, he got natural life. All right, Christ is the end of that which is abolished. So we're showing you that which is abolished. Now, in 1 Timothy 1.5, 1 Timothy 1.5. See, everything that I showed you already was commandments. I'm getting ready to go now and show you the word ordinances after here. Second Timothy, 1 Timothy, sorry. 1 Timothy 1 and 5 says, is that 1 Timothy 1 and 5? Oh, in the Living Bible, okay. What I am eager for is, thank you. 
Okay, don't give me none of that next one. Wait, I won't know who I am. Not the end of the commandments. Not the end of the commandments. Not the end of the commandments. Otherwise, commandments is end. How many times he got to tell you Christ is the end of the commandments? Now, the end of the commandments is charity. So he's reminding Timothy that commandments has ended. See, what happened is we just don't want to let it go. But they bring death to the people that's hearing it. You can't ever get to life in a church that teaches you commandments. All right. Because there's no faith in commandments. There's not the spirit in commandments. There's no life in commandments. That's what my Bible says. All right. Now, let's go to the word. Put down the word ordinance. 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 Okay, in case you are. Ordinance is any decree. Statute. Law. Commandment of God. Now, let's show you what, what the Bible said about ordinance. Let's go to Exodus chapter 12. Once again, ordinance is a decree, statute, law, commandment of God. I'm going to, let's go to Psalm 19. I'm going to have to show them anyway, verse 7. And then from there, we're going to go to Exodus 12, 43 through 47, and see who God gave the ordinance of Passover to. We're just going to refresh our memory. First, we're going to go to Psalm 19 and 7. Then we're going to go to Exodus 12, 43 through 47. If you keep a note. From there, we go to 1 Corinthians 15, 54 through 57. Watch this. Exodus 19, 7. I'm sorry. Psalm 19 and 7. It says, it's going to give you six steps. Now, these six things, if you, are in the, if you know about that, tabernacle in the wilderness, if Jesus Christ stood up, he would stand up in the fire where they killed the animal. That word means law. The first thing you would see is called the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. Now that's Old Testament law. It was still perfect. Wasn't nothing wrong with the law. Man just couldn't keep it. But look what it did. Then it said number two, the testimony of the Lord. Everything is of the Lord. The testimony of the Lord is pure, is, is sure, making wise the simple. Then number four, the next verse says, the statues of the Lord. So you have to understand, when they, when, when they priest put that, David, when they wrote that, they knew when they was outside, in the outs, outside of the tabernacle, in the first section, inside the gate, the first thing they had was where they killed the animal. That was the law of the Lord. Then the next thing they would show when they come inside, they had a brazen lava. And that brazen lava was called uh, the sea. But that brazen lava, in that brazen lava is where they washed. It's what they washed their hands and washed their feet. The priest is called the lava. All right, that was the second thing they saw. Then the third thing, when they went in, the, they had three pieces of furniture, and the third 
third part. They had three pieces of furniture. If I look at the left-hand side, they had the golden candlestick. They had the altar of incense. They never went out. And on the right side, they had the showbread on the table, 12 loaves of bread. Now, that's what they had, no covenant. 4,000 years later, we still got the bread on the table. Because we don't know. We don't know. Okay, let's move on. Here, the statue of the Lord, all right, number three. Rejoice in the heart. Number four, the commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlighten the eyes. So all that's what they did in the old covenant. Number five, the fear of the Lord. See, in the new covenant, you do not have the fear of the Lord. That was stopped at the cross. There's no more fear. That's what 2 Timothy told you, didn't it? God has not given you the... Right. See, there's no more fear in the new covenant. That's old covenant. Because Adam made the cup of the, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's how they got fear. But there's no fear in the Lord. There's no fear in Christ anymore. Not no fear in you. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. The number six, the judgment of the Lord are true because in the new covenant, there's no more judgment. That's the same word as condemnation. All right, more to be desired uh, uh, than gold, yeah, fine gold, sweeter and, than the honey and the honeycomb. That was God's word. That hadn't changed. Man just couldn't keep it. Christ came and kept it and fulfilled it. All right, so let's move to what I gave you next. I'm done with that. That's Exodus 12, 43. The Lord said to Moses, to Aaron, what did this Passover came from? Now, I could have read you Exodus 12 because all this talking about the Passover. But I'm going to go down to verse 43 because verse people never reads. Because they think we're supposed to keep the Passover. I told you last week, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Christ is our Passover. Amen. See, so what I'm showing you is something else in case you have a hard time believing. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is the ordinance. Passover is an ordinance. This is why people tell you that we're supposed to have two ordinances in the church, the Passover and communion. Now, my point is, God never gave us, I'm sorry, communion and baptism. God never gave us Passover. Watch what it says. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is the ordinance of the Passover. This is the ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof. Qualify. But every man servant that is bought with money, when thou hast circumcised him, then he can eat the Passover. Why? Because there had to be a part of the Abrahamic covenant. Circumcision made you a part of the Abrahamic covenant. See, that's one out of the cross. Circumcision now availeth nothing. Amen. No uncircumcision, but a new creature. That's what my Bible says. So you can get circumcised all you want to. You're going to go to hell circumcised <laughs> if you don't have Christ. See, it's no different water baptism. You get water baptized, you're going to hell water baptized because you're not going to get the Spirit. See, people told you you can get the Spirit by water baptism. I've had people come and tell me that they people, their parents told them because they are in a church that teaches this, that if you don't speak in tongues, you ain't got the Holy Ghost. And then they told them you get the Holy Ghost by water baptism. People, listen, somebody lied to you. You cannot get the Spirit by water baptism. Neither can you get a baby by water baptism. 
You can't get life by water baptizing you. Y'all don't baptize over there no more? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Just like you're going to give people the spirit, right? See, y'all better protect your salvation. This ain't no game. If you let somebody lie to you and deceive you in your heart and you believe that and you die, you going to hell, baby. They just came and deceived you. You got to know what you believe. You cannot get, listen, I've been ministering 40 years. My wife and family go here. My children go here. I'm not going to lie to my children. We, we started out this ministry on the front row, my wife and my children. That's how we started out. Five people in the basement. On lookout, model of the king. So you got to understand something. I'm not going. I'm not here to lie to you. My soul is. My soul is. I'm not dying going to hell. You understand? And I'm not going to tell you something that's going to damn your soul. I'm not that kind of way. I'm here to save souls. I'm here to make sure that souls are saved. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you to keep you a part of this church. Don't you know when we moved over this church, this, when we moved over here in 1999, the building was packed from the top to the bottom. Choir full, both sides, all the way up. But when you told people that you are not saved by water baptism, you know what I said? Let the dough hit you. You figure out, you figure out the rest. If you haven't heard, get with me sometime. I'll finish it, but not on tape. Because I'm not here to treat, I'm not here to get members. I'm here to get people in the kingdom. I'm here to make sure your soul is saved. My job is to make sure if you die, you are not going to hell with the devil. I'm not here to play no game with you. I'm here to make sure you're saved. So when something happened to your loved ones, what I'm going to ask you is this, were they saved? Because if they say, then you don't have nothing to worry about. Because they are already where you're trying to go. You worry when people die and ain't saved. Like I told you, I don't have no time to play with you when you're not saved. I don't care if we back in the gym back there playing ball. You're not saved, we just put the ball down. Let's talk. Because if you die and ain't saved, you're going to hell. That is no game. So if you got loved ones and family, you about to make sure they're saved. But you got to know how to save yourself. You cannot get the Spirit. Let me show you Ephesians 1.13. Told you how you get the Spirit. You can't go by nothing like that. You got to have the Word. The Word created all things. You cannot get nothing without the Word. In whom also you trust it. After you heard the word of truth, somebody got to preach to you the word of truth or Christ, his death, and resurrection, the word of truth or the gospel of Christ. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Did you read that? The gospel of your salvation. In whom also after you believe the gospel of your salvation, you were sealed, S-E-A-L-E-D. Your soul was now sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise which is the honors of your inheritance unto the redemption, person, possession, unto the praise of his glory. You don't get the Holy Ghost unless you believe the truth. Jesus told them this way. Go to John chapter 8, verse 30. See, in Jesus' ministry, he told them 
that the truth was coming. Well, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. There was no grace and truth here until Christ died on that cross. John 8, 30, he spake these words, many believed on him. And Jesus looked around and said to them that believed on him, if you continue, because they weren't saved yet, if you continue my word, then are you my disciples indeed, if you continue my word, because they weren't saved yet. See, they weren't saved just because they followed Jesus. See, they've been water baptized. Those Jews have been water baptized. John, uh, John baptized them. So John told them to follow Jesus. When they were following Jesus, he said, listen, you got to continue my word. Then you my disciples indeed. And then he says something to you. If you continue my word, you shall, future tense, you shall know the truth. Nobody preached the truth but Paul. Jesus came to bear witness of the truth. Paul preached the truth. The revealed word is the truth. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Remember what I'm teaching you right now in 2 Corinthians 3 and 17, 18. I haven't gotten there yet. Now the Lord, that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is there's liberty. There's freedom. And that's not going to happen. Your soul will not be free until Christ is in your soul. See, we got this thing about going to heaven. You got to understand, you've been taught about going somewhere. It's not going somewhere. It's called, you are called somewhere. Now, Lord, that spirit, where the spirit of the Lord, there's liberty. God called you to the word. See, people just want to go to their church because grandma was there, great-grandma was there, and, the, 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 and they name is in the one. Oh, that ain't going to mean nothing for you. You don't have a spirit in you, you're going to die and go to hell with all, all that stuff. You got to understand, let God be true and every man a liar. Look at Colossians, I'm sorry, uh, Galatians 1.6. Hit it to my message. I got to finish Exodus 12, 43 through 47, right? I marvel that you so soon removed from him. Watch, he called you into the grace of Christ. I don't want to go to that church over there. They preach the grace of Christ. That's where he called you to. See, you just want to be who you want to be. Die and go to hell being who you want to be. He called you into the grace of Christ. Paul said, I marvel that you so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. Watch this, unto another gospel. And then he said in verse number seven, which is not another. Which is not another, but there'll be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. You're supposed to be taught the gospel of Christ. Are you being taught the gospel of Christ? What church you going to? But though we, Paul said, an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached to you, let him be a curse. You don't know what that means. Put verse 8 and 9 in, in the good news. Let's see what it really means. If somebody preached to you another gospel, God says, for he, Paul said he wished they would go to hell. This is not a game. Because he's talking to people and their souls are being lost because he's telling them about another one. He said, but even we are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel that is different from the one we preach, Paul said. May he be condemned to hell. 
if you really want to know what it means. This ain't no game. See, you going around here sitting, hear somebody say, won't you come on over here? Won't you come? We, we have church over here today, girl. But you got to find out what, what he preach. What he preaching. That's what you about to find out. Because your soul on the line. All right, now let's go to, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians. Let's go finish Exodus 12, 43 through 47. He said, and the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, this is the ordinance... This is the ordinance of the Passover. So Passover is an ordinance? Mm-hmm. There shall no stranger eat there. But every man's servant that is brought for money, when thou hast circumcised him, see, that's old covenant, then shall he eat there. Old covenant means circumcised, now he's of Abrahamic covenant. A foreigner and a hired servant shall not eat of the Passover. And then it says, in one house shall he be eaten. Thou shalt not carry it out of the flesh abroad out of the house, neither shall you break a bone thereof. Watch the next verse. All the congregation of Israel. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. Listen, you are not the congregation of Israel. Hear me good. And you are not the tribe of Judah. (laughs) See, that stuff come out of the, the world's mind. You are not the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah was an Old Testament tribe of the priesthood of Israel. Moses was of the tribe of Levi. Aaron was a tribe. Everybody was a different tribe. But just because you're in the new covenant, see, that's, that's world stuff. You got folks who get in the world, we're the tribe of Judah. You ain't no tribe of no Judah. You ain't no tribe of nobody. You are children of a living God, not of a tribe. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 54 through 57. You're going to see, I want this out of the good news. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 through 57. Headed to my message. I've been waiting, I've been waiting for you. See, Sarah, I'm in the bed at 5 o'clock probably. <laughs> My family look at me like, what? Yeah. Ooh. I got to get in with the Lord. I got two tapes to go to, listen to before I go to sleep. I'm not just talking about going to bed. <laughs> I'm, 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 you go, I'm up here all day Saturday in the Word. I go home and I go to bed early so I can meditate in the Word. And I can put last Sunday tape on it. In the morning I get up on Saturday morning, I, I listen to part one. I go to bed, I listen to part two. Got to keep that word fresh in your spirit. Because what I minister on is what I came out of the last time. My message for the next time is in my last message. You got to find it. Holy Ghost got to tell me where to go next. Boy, if you really knew what you were getting here, I should, I should take up another offer right now while I'm here. I'm like, don't go, don't, don't leave now. I'm not going to take up another offer. Talk about an offer and be like, man, I told you they take more than one offer than all right, here we go. 1 Corinthians 15, 54. So when this takes place, Paul says, and this martyr, talking about your soul, your martyr has been changed into immortal. That's everlasting. Has put on Christ. Then the scripture will come true. Death is destroyed. Victory is completed. Death is destroyed. See, once your soul put on Christ, death is destroyed. Victory is complete. 
Now, how can Paul say death is the short? You know why? Most people do not know what death is. Because we told all this stupid stuff. See the deaf angel go walking all around the door. See that deaf angel, I rebuke that deaf angel. I put him under my feet. You ain't putting nothing nowhere. That's religion. We're going to come back to verse 55. Well, let's finish this, and when we get through, we'll show them what death is. We'll go to Romans 8, and we're going to start verse 1. Now, watch what he says. Where death is your victory? Remember, I'm showing you all these things. I'm showing you where did all of it start from. Number one I gave you was the law. You wrote them all down? Yeah. Did you write them all down? Yeah. Some of y'all are scared to say something. I talk about hell now. You ain't not going to hell. Well, worry about it. Listen, when you are saved, that's what it means. I'm saved from. The word saved means delivered. God delivered me from hell. He delivered me from the law. That's what I'm giving you right now. There's no hell for the believer. People lie to you. They told you when you die, they're going to put you in the ground, and then, then one day early, ha, the Lord's going to come and eat all that. Ha, ain't going to buy nothing. There ain't no salvation. You're going to put me in the ground, and the Lord's going to come and get me. I'm going to be in that ground till he come. That ain't no, I don't want no savior like that. Save me from that. If you ever get a chance to get a nice Bible, you'll see the word grave. It's the same word as Sheol. It's H-E-O-L or hell. Amen. Same word grave. See, y'all just pretty in, in America because we think that hell, is, you got to go down the ground somewhere like the devil. You know, that's how they said it, that how we got hell when God kicked the devil out of heaven and he fell and that hole went, they come. Boom! And then people look down that hole. See, y'all watch Superman. That's what you were watching. You weren't watching them. You watch, that's what you were watching. Superman fell from the planet, and they was in that hole, and they, somebody went and got him out. See, y'all, you been watching too much TV. Ain't no devil fell from hell and fell down in a hole and all this stuff. That's how they made hell. Come on, you might well laugh, but that's how what you, you, you thought was happening. So in TBN, then they showed you TBN. Folks did not know what they were talking about, making a movie about the devil. Then they showed, it, then they showed the devil, one Jesus down on the cross, one drop of water dropped in the hell, and then we saw the passion. You, you saw the passion? Don't be looking at me like you didn't see the passion. <laughs> then you see that one drop of water fell, and he was down there like, oh, that one drop of water fell on him. That's television. Once your body go on that ground, your body in hell. Sure is. Like I said, I'm a very, if I can use the word humans, I'm a new creation, so I can't use the word humans too much. Because humans mean dirt. You don't know what humans mean dirt. Right? But when I pass by here, you ain't saving. Hey! I already know, I already know right there, I can, I, can, I can feel your teeth, I can hear your teeth knocking. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I told you. 
I told, that's all I can do is tell you. So you in that box, boy. You in that box, you. Woo-wee. Don't you go in that box. Do you, when you read that story in Matthew, Luke, I'm sorry, Luke, that man said, I got five brothers. Tell them, don't come to this place of torment. Don't come here. You see, that's what I'm doing. I'm here, one of the brothers, trying to let y'all know, don't, you don't want to go there. You don't want to go that place. There is no coming back. See, okay, let me move on. Where I supposed to be. Here it is. Save means delivered from the law, sin, death, hell, Satan. That's what I'm showing you. So if he saved you, he delivered you from that. Isn't that right? Amen. All right. Now, that means you don't have nothing to worry about. Amen. Isn't that right? right. Where death is your, is your victory. Now, you got to understand something, what he's asking. He's asking death, where's your victory? Then he's going to say, where death is your power to hurt? Death gets his power to hurt from sin. So I told you to write down, sin is the power of the devil. Sin is what? It's the power of the devil. So he said, death, where's your victory? Death, where's your power to hurt? See, he asked him death that. Death get his power to hurt from sin. Sin get his power to hurt from the law. So when God started over here, he started over here saying to Adam, do not eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil, which represented the law. Type in the shadow. Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now the law of sin and death came in. That's why we're going to go to Romans 8 and 1. Because now there's a law operating in Adam called sin and death. In his conscience. Where was sin? In his conscience. So you got to understand where sin was. In the conscience. And it's called guilt and condemnation. Was in his conscience. That's why when people do wrong, that's why they are guilty. And they are condemned. And that's why God said to us, do not condemn yourself in the thing which you allow. Otherwise, that you are not spiritual enough to control. You ask, thank God for forgiveness, get up and keep on going, do better next time. But thanks be to God. That don't mean he wants you to play around no foolishness. That means you, if you fall, don't stay down, get yourself up and get to going, get to go back to work. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So God gave us a victory over the law, sin, death, grave, hell. Okay? And I got to get to go because I, I got to move on because I got to get to the next one. Romans 8 and 1. Now, I'm going to do probably about five or six verses because I want to show you what... Uh, there we go. There are therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So once you're in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. Paul already took it to Romans chapter 5. He showed you sin. Then he showed you how sin came here. Then he showed you 6. He showed you sin in chapter 6, but I'm going to show it to you. Then he showed you God deliver you from a law, chapter 7. And in chapter 8, no condemnation. There, there are now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not the flesh without the spirit. Then he's going to tell you in verse number 2. For the law of the spirit of life. Now, 
See these laws? The law of the spirit of life. Say that with me. The law of the spirit of life. Right. See, that's the law. That law operates in you once you're in Christ. The law of the spirit of life is in Christ only. You can't get it through water baptism. That's what I'm saying. People lying to you. The law of the spirit of life is in Christ. Hath, past tense, the new covenant is always in past tense. Hath, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, hath made me free. Made me free from what? From another law called sin and death. The law of sin and death. Now, the law of sin and death was in your members. We found that out in Romans chapter 7 and verse 24 and 25. We'll go there in a moment. For what the law could not do. So he's telling you, water baptism, communion, circumcision, foot washing. It's the same. It's a shame. Here we are in 2019, folks washing feet. It is a shame. A dirty, stinky shame. <laughs> For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, what did he come for? He came for sin. He condemned sin where? In the flesh. Flesh already been judged. That's what it means, condemned. Sin already been condemned. Sin already been judged. That's why he died on the cross. That the righteousness of the law may be fulfilling us who walk not the flesh but after the spirit. Next verse is going to tell you where it was. For they that are after the flesh do mind the thing, mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, mind the things of the spirit. So either you have a spirit mind, if you're saved, you got a spirit mind, or if you're not saved, you got a natural carnal mind. That's the difference two people not saved. Adam wants to enter the tree of not a good and evil, lost his mind. Lost his spiritual mind. Now he had a Natural man. And for God to save you again, he has to give you a new mind. Because to be calmly minded, what calmly means natural. To be natural minded is death. So, so after Adam ate of the tree of neither good and evil, death entered into his conscience, into his mind, his soul. And now he was natural minded. He knew he was naked. See, he didn't know that. He, he knew there was a devil. He knew there was fear. See, all that's in the natural realm. Let me say it again. All that is in the natural realm. Once you were saved, you don't have the spirit of fear no more. That's in the natural mind. That's in your natural mind. I'm waiting on the script. You got to keep that up there, okay? To be carnal mind is death. If you got a carnal mind, you're not saved. Death is still in your soul. Carnal mind is death. They having a natural mind is death. That's why Paul said 1 Corinthians 2, the last verse, but we have the mind of Christ. To be carnal mind is death, but to be spiritual minded is life and peace. So when God saves you, he gives you a spiritual mind, a mind to know the things of the spirit, a mind to receive the things of the spirit. To be to th- a mind that can think spiritual thoughts. And when you're not saved, you can't do that. You can't remember nothing. Because the carnal mind, here that word enmity again, hate against God. See, if you got the natural, you don't want the word. The natural mind do not want the word. Do not want the word of God. It's, it works against God and against his word. 
For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It can't submit itself to God's word. The mind can't. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You're in the spirit. He that's in the spirit. Because if so, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you now. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. All right. I, I just need to move on because that's all oh, that's good. I got to. You wrote down the word, the law. I gave that this morning. I'm only going to go to Romans 7, 7, and 8, and I'm done with the law. I think I gave you a good amount of law, which you was never under. Romans 7 and verse 7 and 8. But people can go to a church and submit themselves to the law and not understand you can bring curse on you because you have winning. Submitted yourself to people who are trying to keep the law. And people are doing that today. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, Paul says in Romans 7, 25, so then with the mind, I myself serve the Lord God. You serve God with your mind. This is why the devil wants you to listen to stuff that you don't need to hear. He wants you to hear cursing and swearing and lying and cheating and robbing and all this other stuff and, and pornography. He wants your mind on all that stuff. You worshiping him then. When you sit down and you look at all this stuff, you are worshiping the devil with your mind. That's why Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. See, you got to understand something. You serve God with your mind. So when you get in the word, you're serving the Lord with your mind. When you're watching things that's just and holy and good and good report and all this stuff, you're serving God with your mind. Say, oh, I don't do that. I don't serve the devil. I'm at home. I watch all this pornography, but I don't. You serving the devil, sitting yourself right at the house. Then you put down everybody going to hell. All right, Romans 7, 7, 8 says, that's where I am. I'm done with that. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Certainly not. Now I had not known sin, watch this, but by the law. See, if God did not give the, the law to Adam, he would never have known sin. But God knew the day he eat of the tree of neither good and evil, he's going to surely die. Why? Because now sin is going to enter into the world. And then death is going to come by sin. The wages of sin is death. And that's why God had to come and give his life to get you out of it. So that's why I get mad when you tell me you get water baptized and get life. I be wanting, ooh, you just don't know how I feel. You can't get no life because nobody baptized you. See, the one thing you ought to do is remember how you were saved, and you know the water had nothing to do with it. Some of y'all just won't testify. Some of y'all been baptized three times right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, sitting here right now, one second, been baptized three and four times by different denominations, and no, still water you wouldn't say. That water didn't do nothing to you. People have made churches on that. And people goes up in there, people goes up in there, put their little piece of paper in the, in the, in the, in the pot, tell them I want to be water baptized. You know, we got four this morning. Yeah, we got four this morning. Got four what? You fall for that stuff and your life is at stake. 
And nowhere in the Bible you can bag up that your water had nothing to do with your salvation. If it had, why would Christ die on the cross? Matter of fact, I'm going to show it to you in the Word. Go to Galatia 2.21, Galatia 3.21. See what the Word say. That's why I always like to give you the Word say. Because like I said, you can tell people always, they'll say, okay, Reverend. They're going to go right out there and do it. Okay, Reverend. Tell them, stay with him over there. You don't need to be old no way. On the first, I don't know why you go on the first Sunday so you can take communion. You don't think your sins are forgiven until you go there and take that communion. If your faith is in that, you are already on the way to hell. You think communion is going to save you? All them folks in the Old Testament took communion for all the way from Moses to Christ. <laughs> and death still reigned. The Bible said death reigned from Adam to Moses. And they would all take communion. Them folks that was in the wilderness... They died in the wilderness. They had taken communion. <laughs> yeah. The only way you can be saved, you must be in Christ. And it's take the Holy Spirit to put you in Christ. All right. Uh, watch what Paul said in Galatians 2, 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, if I can be made right by the law, by doing something, Christ is dead in vain. See, we're going to go after this. We're going to go back and show you 1 Corinthians 15, and we're going to show you something there. We're going to read verse 14 through 17. Here it says, Galatians 3, 21. If the law then against the promise of God, God forbid. For if there had been a law given, if God could have gave a law, he would not have to have to get his son. If God had, could have gave a law, which could have given life, righteousness should have been by the law. But there was nothing he could give to give you life. There was no law. He had to give his son. His son was the only one that had life. So how in the world you can get baptized in water and get life when life is in a person? That man died so you can have life. Look, look at John 10. Look at John 10 and 10. See, this is what makes me mad. This is what caused me to preach. This is what gets me going. Because if I know if I don't tell somebody, who's going to tell you? You got to have somebody to stand up, not afraid of his members walking out. I got to tell you the truth. Listen. <laughs> Woo. Let's move on. If I don't tell you, who's going to tell you? I've learned that people do not want to tell people the truth because they know they won't come back to their church. And they'd be like, who's going to pay for this building? The Lord. Right. If the Lord told you to build it, he's going to pay for it. First of all, it's not my building. <laughs> I'm so glad. I tell him that all the time. This is your stuff. What you want me to do? The thief come not but for the steal. You know what the thief feels? It's the law. So Jesus told them, the thief come not but for the steal, kill, and destroy. He said, that's why Moses came. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That's why he came. And you're going to tell me some, uh, some other way you're going to get life? He told you in John 10, if you come up another way, you're a thief and a robber. I'm the good shepherd. 
There it is. And the good shepherd giving his life for the sheep. That's the only way you're going to get it. He had to give his life. Let's keep going. I don't, I don't need that right now. I gotta. Let's go to the word sin right now. I gave you the law. I got enough time. I got, shoot. Romans 6, 3. Romans 6, 3 through 7. Galatia 2.20. I'm just going to give them to you. That's all before I can go. And Romans 6, 6. Romans 6, 3 through 7. I want to make sure I stop at verse 6. Then I want to do Galatia 2.20. This is sin, the body of sin. So you do not understand what God did. That's why water can't save you. God had to make his son's body, flesh man, the body of sin. That means he had to take our sin in his own body. Let's go to 1 Peter 2.24. Let's show you that. See, he had to take our, then we go to 2 Corinthians 5.21. He had to take your sin in his own body. See, that's, why, that's the story when you got keep telling some of y'all need to go back and watch Moses. I got the video in there. Ten Commandments. You can go out to the Sam Club, buy for a dollar, 50 cents, five dollars. Mom, watch that. You need to watch it. Because when he threw that serpent down on that stage, when Pharaoh told him, Janice, Jambri, they threw them rods down, they backed up. They didn't realize you won't see them rod no more. <laughs> Moses had the real rod, which is called the rod of God, which is called Christ. And when he threw his rod down, that rod of God swallowed up. That's why Paul used the word swallow up death. Swallowed up those two rods. Swallowed them serpents up. They were called sin and death. So you can't have it if Christ swallowed it up. I did a message here called Grace is Greater Than Sin. When God said that to me, he shook my being. It was just like I dare you think that what I did what sin did through Adam, what the devil did through Adam is greater than what I did on the cross. What he did on the cross, three minutes, four minutes, what he did on the cross was greater than what Adam did in the garden. Adam made a tree of neither good and evil and he put the human race into, but look at Romans 5.20. Man, I got to get somewhere quick. I ain't got about four minutes. Romans 5.20, watch this. First, first Peter, first Peter says, who is on self, 224, who is on self, bear our sins. He carried our sins in his own body. See, you got to understand what he did. He carried our sins in his own body on the tree. That we've been dead to sins. Now we are dead to sin. Now we can live on the righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. By what they did to Jesus. Romans 5, 27, more of the law entered that the offense, that sin might abound. But where sin abounded, if I had just two, if I had, can I, can I get it with, if I had two or three people who know what I'm talking about, but where sin abounded, 
There's no ED on sin abound. Because sin don't abound no more. But what sin abound, ha, ha. That's when you ought to get a high. Somebody say grace. Much more abound it. Where sin abound, grace much more abound. That has sin had past tense rain. Sin don't rain no more. Sin don't rain no more. You don't understand. When Jesus came here, he came here for sin. The power of the devil was sin. And the devil, the devil stained one man. You know nothing about a stain. When the devil stung Jesus with death, he can't stain no more. That's why he asked him, where is your stain? Because once he bit Christ, Christ took the stain out of death. Otherwise, he took everything that the devil had to give and then he outlasted the devil until he got destroyed. I want to show you that. He took the power from the sting of death. See, that's what happened when Obama be. When Obama be bite, he'll knock you down. But he won't never knock nobody else down. Because he doesn't have no sting no more. That's why, that's how when a devil, that's why when a devil do the same, that's what happened with the devil. He came and he stung Jesus. He thought it would kill him. And Jesus says, I want y'all to know something. See, the devil thought he did something, but no man, <laughs> take my life. I have power to lay it down and I got power to take it up again. But he stung me, but it doesn't kill me. You can't take my life. You bit me, you lost your power. <laughs> Fool. <laughs> now I know you don't have no power no more. And the devil has been destroyed. I'm going to show you in the word. He has been defeated. One man, Hebrew 2.14, you can't have that on the screen. For as much then as the children of partake of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death... He might destroy him that had the power, had the power, had the power of death. That is the devil. He has already defeated him. Can somebody get a lost and pray? I'm done. My time is up. Can you get a lost and praise up in here? Woo! He has already defeated him. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little 
or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.